he's Marler, and this is his music show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Marler Music Show. Hope y'all are doing well today, and life is treating you fantastic. So today's topic, we're going to discuss a top ten list this time, not a top five. Um, I feel like there are certain topics that require a top ten, especially when I have trouble making decisions on a top five. So I just expanded this one to ten. Today's topic is top ten live bands. Now. This is something that's probably going to be have very, very different opinions from person to person. For me, these are the top top five, top ten, excuse me, bands that I have seen all time that I think are the ten best performers overall, musically, stage, atmosphere, everything involved that I've seen in my life. And another criteria is most of these bands, in fact, all but one, I have seen multiple times. Um, that is something that a lot of times you'll see a band once and like, yeah, they're pretty good. They're okay. And then you see them again, and it's a totally different feel for whatever reason. You've gotten into their music more. They've progressed. Uh, the time in your life, it just could be a number of things. So all these bands I've seen multiple times except for one, and the one is pretty close to the top. Doesn't have the top spot, but it's pretty close. And it just shows how much of an impact that that concert had on me. And if I had seen them more than once and had the opportunity to, it might have actually made them at the top of the list, but not to be. So anyway, without further ado, I, I digress. Let's get started. So we have at number 10, and for people that know me, this might be a little bit of a surprise, but number 10 is Kid Rock. Yes, I said Kid Rock. A lot of varying opinions about this guy um, in terms of his music and has he sold out, has he gone soft or whatever. I've seen him probably four to five times. Uh, he falls under the category of one of those performers who I really wasn't into his music too much until I saw him. Um, I had uh, a friend of mine who wanted to go see him. In fact, there was a, a group of people and they needed a fourth for whatever reason. I don't remember why. And so they offered me the ticket and I was like, oh, he's got a couple songs. I think are okay. All right, I'll go. Went to the show. I thought it was amazing. The guy's a fantastic performer. Um, he's got good musicians in the band. He himself is a fairly good musician, if you don't know. He can play guitar. He can play drums. He can play keyboards. In fact, he does a part in the show towards the middle where he plays a little bit, goes around and plays a little bit of everything. Um, not that he's necessarily great at any instrument. Don't really know, but he can play pretty much anything. And he's a fairly decent songwriter. And he has progressed over the years, or he's he's transformed himself into a different kind of artist, which is very interesting in that, you know, he started off kind of like the rap rock thing, and now he's gone almost country. 
And I've seen him pretty much at each level of that progression. And regardless of what I think of that progression musically or how much I like it or don't like it, each time the show itself was phenomenal. He put on a great show, musically was good, and it was just very, very enjoyable and worth the money. Number nine, ACDC. This is a band that has been around for years and years and years. They are widely popular, arguably one of the most popular metal slash rock bands in the history, sold tons and tons of albums. And live, they are extremely, extremely loud for one thing. It's one of the loudest bands I've ever seen. I remember the first time I saw them was in 1988, I believe, on the Blow Up Your Video Tour. And I had ringing ears for probably three days afterwards. I was like 15 years old, and I'd never experienced a concert that was that loud. In fact, I went with a friend of mine, or, and they had dropped us off, and they came to pick us up. And they were sitting out in the parking lot quite a bit away from the venue uh, waiting for us. And for those of you that haven't seen ACDC before, when they do For Those About to Rock, We Salute You, at the very end, you have the cannons that go off where they do those cannons live on stage. And it's very, very loud. They're... The, my friend's parents were able to hear those cannons outside of the venue distinctly. That's how loud they are. Um, they put on a great show. They pretty much play anything that you could want to hear from them. Um, and I haven't seen them in about 12 or 13 years. I haven't had the opportunity, but they, their energy is amazing. And I remember the first time I saw them, the, what made that so aware to me, of how energetic they were and how they could energize a crowd. And this was before like bouncing up and down became a thing. They were playing, they, they went to back in black and the entire floor started bouncing up and down at the same time. It was just the energy in that building, the energy that they put onto the crowd and the crowd gave back. It was just amazing, amazing, amazing live band. If you've never had the opportunity to see them, I would recommend it. You know, they're supposed to be, uh, going on tour again, who knows, but they may not be around much longer. So if you have a chance, absolutely go see this band. They're phenomenal live. Number eight, REO Speedwagon, one of my all-time favorite bands, definitely in my top five, a band that is uh, kind of an anomaly in that they started off in the 70s. They were kind of more hard rock, a little bit... Uh, some political stuff in their lyrics, um, kind of kind of hippie-ish in a way, and then they transformed over the years to kind of a mainstream pop rock band, you know, with Keep On Loving You, Can't Fight This Failing. Um, but they're a band who, if you listen to, they've got a live album that came out in 1977 called Live, You Get What You Play For. Very, very tight, very, very musically sound. Uh, they very a couple of musicians in that band very good. One being Gary Richrath, who was their lead guitarist for twenty years, and in my mind should still be in the should have still been in the band, you know, up until his death. And when he was with the band, they 
were so tight and so together and just live. It was pretty seamless and, and almost not perfect, but um, about as good as you, you could expect a live band, a band to be live. He leaves the band and they transformed and, and their popularity just went way, way down. But they got a couple of new musicians in the band. They got a re replacement guitarist for Gary Richrath, who honestly, in my mind, is not even close talent-wise. But over the years, he's honed his craft, and he has gotten a lot better at those classic REO songs. And my wife and my brother and I went and saw them here in Memphis last year. And it was probably the best REO show, and I've seen them about 12 or 13 times. Two of them were with uh, the classic lineup. And this last show was the best one I had seen since I saw them in that classic lineup. They were very tight. <coughs> Everything sounded fantastic. Um, and for a bunch of pretty much 70-year-olds, they could still play and play pretty well. So in my mind, one of the, one of the very best live bands I've ever seen, REO Speedwagon. Number seven. Ozzy Osbourne with Zach Wild, and I put with Zach Wild. I've seen Ozzy three times. Was never fortunate enough to see him with the great Randy Rhodes. I was way too young to go see them. There's no way I'd have been able to go see them as a nine-year-old. You know, see Ozzy as a nine-year-old. That just wasn't going to happen. But I was fortunate enough to see him three times over the years. And Zach Wilde is a phenomenal guitar player. I did a top five guitar player list uh, a couple episodes ago, and I did not have him included on that list. And I, I fought with that because he is so, so technically good. He's so unique. It was hard to take him off that list, but he will probably be on another list I will do soon that uh, he might be towards the top of. So stay tuned for that one. But Zach stepped in. Um, you know, Ozzy had Jakey Lee for a couple of albums after Randy had passed. And then Zach came in. Zach has stayed with him pretty much the rest of his career. There's been a couple albums he hadn't played on, a couple tours he didn't. But all the tours I saw Ozzy on, Zach was with him. And the energy that Zach gives to Ozzy's band, no matter who is on the other two instruments, and the sound and the tightness of the sound that he brings to Ozzy's band is just phenomenal. It's very solid, very entertaining, um, and also very loud. So Ozzy Osbourne with Zach Wilde, number seven. Number six, this is one that will make a friend of mine happy who this band is one of his favorite bands, used to be his favorite band. Um, he'll probably totally disagree with where I have him on this list, but that's okay. This is personal preference and just based on bands that I've seen. And that would be Dream Theater. Dream Theater is a very good band, period. As far as progressive metal goes, they're by far the best because as my friend one time described them, they're very big fish in a very small pond. They're, they're not quite a household name, but most people who listen to metal have heard of Dream Theater, but might not be able to tell you any other band in the progressive metal genre. 
Um, I've had the opportunity to see them twice, both times in Chicago, Illinois. They are individually very possibly the best or right at the top of their instrument. John Petrucci is a fantastic guitar player. Jordan Rudess on keyboards, oh my goodness. John Myung on bass is phenomenal. He he's just what the way his fingers move, just to watch him just like makes my hand get a cramp and I'm not doing anything. And then Mike Portnoy, who unfortunately is no longer in the band, is one of the best drummers of all time and brought a dynamic to that band that I don't think they've had since he left, which is also another topic for conversation another time. But the two times I saw them were both in a theater setting. Um, the sound was impeccable. The musicianship in that band is some of the best around, with them all being individually so good at their instruments and then able to bring that together collectively is something that a lot of bands can't do, but they, they've nailed it from day one and really and truly kind of still are to this day. I haven't been able to see them in quite some time. I'd like to again, but the two times I saw them were just phenomenal and I was blown completely away. All right. Well, that's the first five or the bottom five out of the way. So now we're going to get into the top five. Here we go. Number five. This one might surprise a few people for a couple of reasons. Number one, when I say who it is, you might go, really? And then number two, you might go, really? You don't have them higher considering who they are? Well, there's some reasons for that that I'll explain. So number five is KISS. Yes, KISS. So a lot of people look at KISS, especially nowadays, as a joke. Because you've got Gene and Paul, and then you've got Tommy Thayer in Ace's makeup, and you've got Eric Singer in Peter's makeup. They're another band who, when this formation of the band got together, it wasn't the best sounding necessarily because they're not played together for a while. But this version of the band now has been together for 18 years, I believe. And each time, each tour, and I've, I've seen Kiss 31 times, and I've seen this version of the band probably 20 of those, maybe. <clears throat> and it's like each tour that I see that version of the band, they get a little better, a little better, a little tighter, a little more solid. Now, Paul has had some very, very, very bad voice problems going on for really about the past 12 years. They started around 2009, 2010. And his voice is the weak point of their show. But musically, for the songs, just the musical parts, they're very tight. The songs sound now live like they did on the original recordings, if not better. And like I think that those songs were meant to sound like live. Um, you know, Paul's voice was standing. It is what it is, but they're still able to pull it off. And these, once again, you've got guys, Gene and Paul are in their 70s. You know, they're up there in all that armor and that, those body suits and the makeup and all the explosions going on behind them that add to the show. Um, it, it, it makes going to see them really good experience. And it's one of those things that, you know, regardless of what you think about them musically, they kind of revolutionized or at least changed a little bit the way that a live show was put on. 
and they still do that to this day. You look at what they're doing now, and you're thinking, well, that's no big deal. But when they were doing that stuff in 1976, 77, it was like, wow. And so they've been a good live band for all these years. But I think the fact that they've been able to continue with a different formation that has been around now for, you know, over not quite half of the band's existence, but almost, um, has made them a really, really good live act. And that's why I feel that they belong in the top five. And I have them at number five. Number four is a very, very classic metal band. One that I've had the opportunity to see three times. Unfortunately, the first time was only about seven or eight years ago. <coughs> um, was not able to see them in my teenage years because they only played here a couple of times. I was too young. And then for some reason, they never came to Memphis. Um, in fact, they have not been back to Memphis with Bruce Dickinson since 1985. So I've had to travel to see them. And that would be, I said Bruce Dickinson before I gave away the band, that would be Iron Maiden. Iron Maiden, first of all, Bruce's vocals are still good, even at his age. He has a very unique voice. Um, the guitar duo of Dave Murray and Adrian Smith, to me, is just fantastic. Dave Murray plays with so much emotion. Um, their live show, you know, once again, musicianship-wise, the band as a cohesive unit is very good. Their stage show is, is awesome. You know, you've, you've got all this stuff going on in the background. You've got Bruce even now running around like a madman and still able to sing and it not sound struggled because of what he's doing physically. You've got uh, the big Eddie that comes out on stage at a couple points during the show. Their sound is great. They have, they have really good classic metal songs. And they bring it off live fantastically. And I hope that I get a chance to see them again. Because three times, is, I was very fortunate to see them three times. But in my mind, it's not enough. I got to see them again at some point. And once again, another band I recommend if you've never had a chance to see and get that opportunity, go do it. You will not regret it. Number three is uh, this is probably the newest band on this list. It's been out the least amount of time. I think them and Kid Rock came out around the same time, probably within a year or so of each other. <coughs> and this is a band that I've had the opportunity to see uh, 10 plus times, I know. And that is Godsmack. Godsmack is interesting in that one thing I, that drew me to them in the beginning. Um, let's back up a second. They are another band on this list that I really didn't get into until I saw them. There was a local radio station every year that had a, a birthday. It was like their anniversary party at a very small venue. <clears throat> and this particular year, uh, King's X was the headliner and Godsmack was second on the bill. And Godsmack had just released, uh, I, I want to say their first album had been out for, it was less than a year. And they had been through one time, I believe. And I wasn't at that show. But from what I knew people that were, from what I said, yeah, the crowd was decent. You know, this place probably holds 2,000 people at the most. Um, you know, there was a, they said, yeah, there was a decent crowd or whatever. It was a pretty good show. And so we get there and we 
go in. I, there were a couple other local bands playing before Godsmack, and Godsmack comes on, and all of a sudden the place is packed. And we were probably like, I don't know, 20 feet from the stage. And they just came out, and they tore the place a new asshole. I mean, it was just raw energy, just in your face, um, and, you know, showed off with their musicianship, you know, Sully doing the drum battle, which if you've ever seen Godsmack, Sully and Shannon Lark and their drummer now, they do a drum battle on the show, and so they did, they did a small form of that in the early days, and... Uh, Shannon Larkin wasn't with the band at this time. It was their original drummer whose name I can't remember at the moment. And it was just so cool watching. They had so much energy. And another thing that drew me to them, a lot of bands that were coming out at that time did not really do a lot of guitar solos in their songs. And I am a guitar freak. I love the guitar. I can't play it. Never have been able to. One of my biggest regrets in life is that I never learned to play guitar, but I love the sound of a guitar and certain guitar sounds. But there were not a lot of new bands coming out at this time that I was into. But there was something that drew me to them, and it was the fact that they actually did solos in their damn songs for a change. Something that hadn't been happening for a while. Or at least solos that had some feel to it. It wasn't just like, you know, just the rhythm or the chord over and over again. And, but that night, the way that they played and the energy that they fed off from the crowd and gave back and forth was just amazing, especially in basically a club scene setting. setting. It was fantastic. Um, and so after they go off stage, about half the crowd leaves before King's X comes on. And that told me right there, this, this band may amount to something one day. And sure enough, they got pretty big for a while, and they're still relatively big. And I've seen them several times since then. I saw them open for Godsmack. I've seen them do their past probably three or four solo tours. Some of their uh, uh, headlining tours. I saw them on their last tour, I believe, three or four times. And they're just another band that every tour, they get better and better and better. And they still have that raw energy. They still feed it to the crowd, and the crowd gives it back, and they feed off of each other. And there is the fantastic live band. Another band I highly recommend going to see. <clears throat> All right. At number two, we have the band that I was talking about earlier that on this list, the only band I've only seen one time. Unfortunately, and actually been able to go see this band was a last minute, spur of the moment, day of thing that required driving three hours. And it, at the time, I was like, man, do I want to do that? And I was like, yeah, I may never get another chance. And, of course, sure enough, I've never had another chance and probably never will. And so I had an extra ticket, a bunch of buddies of mine, and we crammed into uh, my friend's mom's Jeep Cherokee, I think it is. There were like eight of us in there, and I was in the back sitting Indian style. And I'm six feet tall, so it was a very uncomfortable ride up and back, but it was totally worth it. And the band I'm talking about is Pink Floyd on their 1994 tour. It was at uh, Vanderbilt Stadium in Nashville, the first stadium show I'd ever been to. The electricity in the air that night is one of the fondest memories I ever have of a concert. You could just cut 
everything, it was just like you could just take a knife through melted butter. It, everything was just, everybody was so excited and so um, anticipating what was about to happen. And the lights go down and they come on. And for the next three hours, it was just a musical, sonic, visual masterpiece. They played pretty much everything that you would expect to hear from. In fact, I believe on that tour, they did Dark Side of the Moon in its entirety, <coughs> which was actually fantastic. Um, our seats weren't the best, but just being able to say that I saw Pink Floyd, number one, at least one time, most people can't say that, it was something I'm very proud of, but take all of that away and just strip it down to what you go to a concert for, for, for the music, number one, to hear a band that you like, to hear them do their songs and do it well. And then they, they put on a stage and light show that nowadays would be kind of okay. But for the time it was amazing. And so I wonder like if they were to tour today, what they could do now would probably just be mesmerizing because what they were doing then was mesmerizing. So, yeah, it was almost it was hard to keep them from the number one spot. And like I said, the main reason they probably were not is because I only saw them one time. If I'd seen them more twice or three times, they'd probably be in the number one spot. But they are taking the number two one on this list. And finally, the number one live band that I've ever seen and that I think is the best live band of all time. And I know a lot of people will probably differ with me on that and that's okay this is once again a band that i didn't get into until i saw them for the first time i've heard a few songs i was like okay they're, they're pretty good whatever um friend of mine who had been a fan for several years says you got to go with me to see them you know just come on you, you won't regret it i promise and i did not i've been a lifelong fan since i've seen them about 11 times since then and every time i just can't get enough of them and that is Tool. This is a band who musically, I don't even have an adjective to describe how good they are musically, be it their recorded music, but especially live. Everything sounds, when you hear them live, everything sounds the way that you want it to hear, but there's no backtracking going on. There's no, there's nothing fake. It's all them, those four on stage doing their thing. And their three instruments in and of themselves, I, one of them I think is probably the best ever at his instrument, and that's Danny Carey on drums. Justin Chancellor on bass, he's definitely in the top five, top ten conversation. Adam Jones, I'm not even sure he's in a top ten guitarist conversation but his sound his songwriting and what he brings to the band along with the other two is so instrumental in what they're able to put down on records and the way that they're able to present their music live and you listen to them live and it is just it's it's like almost a religious experience going to see them because their music is so good. Um, it's so it sounds almost so perfect when you compare it to what you listen to on their CDs. 
and then visually, and especially on this last tour, they've always had quite a few visuals on stage, but it has gotten so, I don't want to say over the top because that kind of gives a negative connotation to it, but it has gotten so massive that it's like you're just surrounded by visuals and music and everything's just coming together at one time to make a performance, a literal performance and entertainment that in my mind is unmatched. Of all the bands I love to go see, if all of these bands on this list, and this includes Kiss by the way, because I am, Kiss is my lifetime long favorite, my lifelong favorite band, (laughs) but not musically. But if all 10 of these artists came to my town on the exact same night, and I know that could never happen, but let's just, for shits and giggles, let's say that were to happen. And I had to pick one, hands down, even if it, even mm, Pink Floyd, I know I say I wish I could see him again, but not even Pink Floyd. I, it would be tall, hands down, over the other nine. If I had a chance to go see all of them, on the same night, and obviously I had to pick one, they'd be the band I'd pick. They are so phenomenal, period. And live, they're even more phenomenal. Um, if you've never seen them live, God, I urge you to take to take the opportunity if you ever have it to go see them. If you like any song they have at all, you'll probably hear it, you'll love it, and then you'll become a fan of their other stuff and a fan of them. That's it, just, it, it's something so so phenomenal of what they can do live and also if you haven't seen them live there are some pretty decent amateur video of them on youtube um there are a couple channels that have you know they'll do different mixes from different shows and take um some audio and put it together and put a pretty good experience together there's also some very good uh straight up just audio live of them on youtube and if you haven't had a chance to see them until you do, it's a good way to, to check out this band and see what they can do live. You'll, you'll uh, be very shocked if you're not impressed and don't become a fan. And that's going to do it for this episode. As always, if you've got any questions or comments or any feedback at all, just email me at themarmormusicshow at gmail.com. Let me know who some of your favorite bands to see live have been over the, over the years. Uh, maybe it will strike up a conversation. We can talk back and forth about it. It might produce a topic for a future episode. So until then, everybody, just remember, be kind to each other, and life will be kind to you. See you next time.